The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired with them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent to them Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star they had seen its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Epiphany today uh, reveals to us of who Jesus is. And often as the case, whenever Jesus reveals who he is, we also get to reveal a little bit about who we are. And in that, uh, we look at the, get the stories of the gospel and we can place ourselves in the different characters. And we can place ourselves today in the three magi. The three magi are a uh, wise men are men who were studied in the in the sciences of the day, which was a lot of star watching, watching the stars, understanding the stars, their movement, kind of the, what the cosmic was telling and in trying to interpret that to let them know. Now, some of that uh, we would call kind of pseudosciences today, not exactly what, what we'd want uh, to maybe uh, learn in school, but but some of it was was what we would still study today about different rotations and plants and stars' movements. And so uh, there's an aspect here that I love with the Magi that is seeking out the truth. They're seeking and they're trying to understand where they are in this world. And that's a very normal human experience to look at what's around us and to say, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for other people? What do these things around me teach me or tell me to do? And the Magi, with their understanding, they saw something special. And they said, you know what? We don't know what this means. We're going to pour over the text. We find something here. There seems like there's something in Israel happening. Well, we're going to go there. We're going to make this big, long journey even though that we don't know whether it'll work. We're going to take a leap of faith. We're going to step out. We're going to go on this journey. We're going to to sacrifice a lot 
to go and see if we can find something important, something worth living for, a purpose, a meaning, a, a connection in this world. And that's what they go and do. They go and do and they, they take this, this crazy journey and they find him. And what do they do? Well, that seeking for the truth, I can only imagine the sacrifices the, the losses, the, the confusion in the midst of this journey. But at the end, when they find the baby Jesus, it's not what they expected, but it is what they submit to. That they kneel down and they give their gifts to the baby Jesus. And beautifully, that, that reminds us that of that seeking of the truth, And ultimately, uh, what we want to be ordered to, which is this worship of Jesus, not because he's almighty and powerful, but because he's king. Because he is. Because that's the truth of the matter. A lot of the times, uh, faith in the modern day gets opposed to science. And kind of says, well, and I've heard it too often where someone says, well, Father, you know, I used to somewhat believe, but but now I believe in science. And so I'm not religious anymore. I don't believe in Catholicism. And that always breaks my heart because those two things are not opposed. Science and faith are not two ends of the spectrum to be able to interpret the world. They are ways in which they work together to understand who we truly are. Good science is always going to reconcile with faith. And good faith is always going to reconcile with science. It's bad faith that causes problems with science. And it's bad science that causes problems with faith. The two are reconcilable. In fact, one of our popes, uh, uh, Pope St. John Paul II, uh, wrote an entire letter to the world, an encyclical, called... Uh, faith and reason. And I'd like to read at least the uh, introduction that it says to that. He says, Faith and reason are the two wings on which the human spirit rises to the contemplation of truth. And God has placed in the human heart a desire to know the truth and a word to know himself, so that by knowing and loving God, men and women may also come to the fullness of truth about themselves. And so this is ultimately what we're ordered to. We're ordered towards that truth, to be guided and to be pulled forth in that truth. And I'd like to reference another pope as well. If you didn't already hear, Pope John Paul II, or Pope Benedict the 20th, sorry, apparently my words are not working. Pope Benedict XVI passed away last weekend. His funeral was on Thursday. And one of the things that was released at his death was his spiritual testimony, which a lot of it is just talking about his life in general. But he, uh, he offers this one section. So out of all the things that he says, this is the spiritual testimony that he leaves. Now, again, this is just one section of it. It's not the entire thing, but it's very short. It's only, it's only actually his spiritual testament fits on a page and a half uh, here. And uh, just for a few lines, I'd like to read this. It says, stand firm in the faith. Do not be confused. 
Often it seems as if science has irrefutable insights to offer that are contrary to the Catholic faith. I have witnessed from times long past the changes in natural science and have seen how apparent certainties against the faith vanished, proving themselves not to be science, but philosophical interpretations, only apparently belonging to science. Just as, moreover, it is in dialogue that the natural sciences, that faith has learned to understand the limits of the scope of its affirmation and thus its own specificity. I have seen and see how out of the tangle of hypothesis, the reasonableness of faith has emerged and is emerging anew. Jesus Christ is truly the way, the truth, and the life. And the church, in all her shortcomings, is truly his body. Again, this echoes the same type of idea that science... uh, Faith informs science that science, when it gets outside of its expertise, which is in the empirical uh, physicalness, uh, often promoting itself as though it's science, although it really being a physical interpretation or a philosophical and ethical interpretation, right? Science can't tell us what is right and wrong. It can tell us whether, uh, it can't tell us whether we should eat pie or ice cream. Right? It can tell us a whole bunch of stuff about that. Which one has more calories? Which one has this? It can tell us all those other things. But it can't tell us what we enjoy more or what is ethically right. It can give us a lot of the basis and support of what's ethically right or philosophical uh, basis for our philosophical reasoning. But ethics and philosophy are outside of the strict sciences. And this is where faith comes in. Faith, specifically the Catholic Church, teaches that it is uh, inerrant in areas of faith and morals. So it doesn't promote to be irrefutable in the sciences. Um, That's when we sort of get out of our specificity, which actually Pope Benedict XVI kind of mentions here. Now, why why is this all important? Well, it's important for us to be able to promote our faith properly. It's important for us to have dialogue with the world and with sciences and to not be afraid of any science. It's one of the things that, that's true for me uh, that kind of has come about uh, through my continued kind of life and conversion is that whenever I look into a subject more, I, I'm more convinced of the truth of the Catholic Church. There are many things that we hear about in, in short little bits and we're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Why does the church teach this? Or why does the church teach that? Or, or that seems like that's difficult. Or I don't really like that. Well, just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's not true. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not true. There's an aspect that, again, we're conformed to the truth, that we're seeking the truth. And that's, again, where I would point to the Magi today, that they saw the truth. They saw something beyond themselves and they sought it. And they gave themselves. And that's what we look and we see in the saints as well, that they look and they saw the truth and they gave up everything for it. Um, One short example that I was thinking about was Sunday mass attendance. 
Attending Mass on Sunday seems, uh, just kind of on the surface level, like, well, why do I need, do I really need to do that? Is that really all that important? I mean, there's other things to do. I mean, what about if I miss, you know, it doesn't really matter that much. Like, well, actually it does. Well, what kind of value are you putting at it? Why does the church obligate us to attend Mass on Sunday? It's not because it, it just, uh, it wants you here to listen to Father Samuel. And I'll re-echo that again and again. It's not to hear the homily. It's not to see your friends. It's because you need it. Because we need it. We need to come here and to remind ourselves of who God is and who we are. That's why the church obligates us. Out of a great love. Out of a realization of the truth that we are made for God. Not for this world. And you know what? Coming to Mass on Sunday is going to make you miss certain other things. It's going to make you miss out on other things that people get to do. But that doesn't matter. Because here we are with the Magi. Seeking on this journey of life. Seeking the truth. Seeking for Jesus Christ. The way, the truth, and the life. Now the last Part, uh, last point I'd like to make is that what's beautiful about the Magi as well, the revelation that it gives is that Jesus Christ is not just the Messiah, the anointed one, the coming, the Savior for Israel and the Jewish people. Jesus is King of the whole world. In fact, He's King of the whole universe. He is the Savior of all people. That when we say that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, we don't mean that he's the way, the truth, and the life for Christians or for Catholics or for just those people who know him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and life for all people, all times, and all ways. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the truth is not something that changes. The truth is not something that is dependent on each individual person's thoughts. The truth transcends beyond time and place, ethnicity, culture um, in this world. And so Jesus Christ is here, not just for us, but for the whole world. And so we never need to be afraid of the truth. We never need to be afraid of presenting Jesus Christ to the world because he is the king. He is the way, the truth, and the life.